James chapter number 5. Um, if you don't know where James is, it's going to be in your New Testament, okay? So you can look inside your table of contents there if you want to in your Bible. So J- James is going to be towards the end, okay? Towards the end of the New Testament, all right? So you got Hebrews, James, 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, Revelation. James, James, so when you find there, James, and then go to chapter 5 in the book of James. Chapter 5 in the book of James. If you didn't bring a Bible, let me know. If you need a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. We'll get one of our leaders. We'll make sure you get a Bible uh, sometime this week. Um, but if you didn't bring your Bible, you can look up here on the, on the uh, screen. Uh, we're going to put it up there. So hopefully um, at this point, um, and I know James is maybe a little bit harder to find. You can keep on flipping there. James, chapter number 5, we're going to be in verse 16. And so if you're either looking in your Bible or looking up on the screen, if you're at James chapter 5, say, I'm there. Here we go. It says, confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another, that ye may be, what? Healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much um, for today. And Lord God, I pray that every single person in this room realizes this is not a coincidence that they are here. Lord, I've, I've already seen from where we've been in the service that, Lord, you're working this all together, and this is the message for this very hour. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever. And so, Lord God, I pray that as we look at this verse of Scripture, we see the truth of your word, that, Lord God, you give us open eyes open ears. More than anything, Lord God, I pray you give us open hearts to receive your word. And Lord, not just to receive it, but to actually put it into action. So Lord God, you know what needs to happen today. And Lord, you know there's already barriers in people's minds that they're going to go, that they're going to not receive what's going to happen today and what, how you're going to move in their life. Well, Lord God, I pray that you would take every single distraction out of the way. Lord, I pray that there would be no barriers, no, 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 no stumbling blocks, nothing, Lord God, that would get in the way of your word being preached boldly and that your word would be preached, Lord God, in, be- in belief that it is true. Because if it's in here, Lord God, that means it's true. So, Lord God, you just move in an awesome, awesome way. In your wonderful holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so we are, we are supposed to be in a series. We're supposed to be in a series called Who Is This Jesus? Um, but there are going to be times, um, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I'm one of those that um, uh, after one comes two and after two comes three, I'm, I'm very much a kind of a, like, let's follow along and, and stay with the plan and all this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm that way. Not in every way of my life, okay? Uh, some of you all may go in my office and go, that looks nothing like your life, okay? But that is my life. I, I kind of want everything in order, and, and when it's not in order, then I kind of get, like, weirded out, I guess. Right now, at this very moment, is it's it's not about staying in an order; it's about listening to God. Right. And 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 this is what's been happening: is this has been been uh, over 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 conversations and over how God has been dealing with me and dealing with people and all kinds of. This is important. This is what we have to talk about today. Here's what's kind of interesting: guess when I was going to preach this message? Wednesday night. 
Wednesday night, I was planning on doing it. All, here we go, like, I'm going to do it Wednesday night, and this is really on me and all that kind of stuff. And then we had this severe threat of weather that never came. Okay? And so we canceled services. And it was like, okay, so, so what are we going to do? Okay, so we're, we're here on Sunday morning, and this is what we're going to talk about. Here's the title of the message today. Here's the title of the message today. Hiding or healing? Say it with me. One, two, three. Hiding or healing? Hiding or healing? James 5, 16, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be what? Healed. Healed. Now, every single person in this room has faults. Okay? Every single person in this room has issues. Every single person in this room has strongholds. Every single person in this room has sin. Can I get an amen? We all have that. We all have that. You can call it what you want to, but we all have things in our life, faults in our life. And, 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 and here's what happens. Here's what happens. We hide them. We hide them. We don't want to tell anybody about it. Now, why is that the case? Now, Because here's what happens. Here's why we hide these things in our lives. We tell ourselves two lies. Two lies. Now, I don't know if you noticed how the song started. It was talking about lie number one, lie number two, all kind of stuff. But here's one of the things we say. One is, is first lie we tell us is we don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. Because really what we're saying is we're not saying we don't have a problem. It's that I have the problem under control. That's the first lie we tell ourselves. I don't have a problem. Or in reality what we're saying is that, you know what, I have this under control. This is my thing. The other reason why we hide it is because we think, we think we're the only ones who deal with that problem. We think that, you know, there's nobody else that deals with this. Nobody else has this problem, all this kind of stuff. Even if in our minds, even if we heard statistics and we know, you know, consciously, like, uh, like uh, mentally, logically, we understand that there's probably other people that do this, but in our hearts we're like, we're the only ones. And so we hide it. We hide it, right? We hide it. And, and what happens is when we hide it, we don't receive, what's that other H word? We don't receive what? Healing. Healing. Now, here's, let me tell you about the book of James. Okay, The book of James, I love the book of James because the book of James is very practical, extremely practical. Like if you want to have a practical, practical book, like you read a section of the book of James and you're like, okay, I can do something with it, that's the book of James. It's highly, highly practical. All right? Now, there's some books in the Bible that are very heavy, more heavy in theology and doctrine, all kinds of stuff, but James is very, very practical. It puts it out there and says, hey, if you, want, if you wanted, in order to get this, you need to do that. I like the book of James, okay? I like practical things. And, and so right now, we're already kind of having some pushback because, you know what, what we're talking about in the verse we just said, we don't want to talk about confessing our faults to one another. Confessing our faults one another. Cause, cause he, so it says, confess your faults one to another. And what's the next word? Pray. Go, put it up there, okay? Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be what? Healed. Healed. Now, some of you are like, you know what, Buchanan? I don't need to confess my faults to somebody else. Like, that's between me and God. That's between me and God. And, and here's the verse you can use to kind of go with that and say, okay, I'm going to go with that argument a little bit. Go to the first John. First of all, let's kind of go with that argument like I should only confess my stuff to God. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful. This is he being God. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to, what's that next word? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so when we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is why I'm telling you that there's nothing coincidence. What was the third song we sang, Angela? Clean. Okay? So, so, so to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, here's what I'm helping you with. You confess your sins to God, and you come back clean. You're back in fellowship with Him. But we're not looking for cleansing. We're looking for what? Healing. Give an example. Give an example. I despise cancer. Can I get an amen? I hate it. I hate the disease of cancer. Now, let me help you with this. If you, if you have cancer, if you have cancer... It's not that you want to get a little less cancer, right? Like you have cancer, hey, I hope I get, I want to get less cancer. Or if you're at like stage four in cancer, you want to be downgraded to like stage two of cancer. I've never heard anybody say that. Never heard anybody say that. I just, I just want a little less cancer. You know what you want with the cancer? You want the cancer to be gone. Can I get an Amen. You want it gone because you want to be completely, what's that H word? Healed. You want to be healed. You want to be in that place to say, you know what, I don't, I don't, it's not that, it's not that I have less cancer or not as much cancer. I have no cancer. And, and so what I want to help you with is that, because here's what's really interesting about this. You can be cleansed from all unrighteousness, but guess what? You're still going to sin. And so we got when you get cleansed, I don't know if I want to ask this question. Hopefully every single person in this room took a shower within the past 24 hours, okay? Right. If you didn't, I'm sorry, okay? Actually, I'm sorry for your neighbor, all right? But, but now nobody in here is going like, took one today. I'm good for the rest of my life. Because you're going to get what again? Dirty. You're going to get dirty again. And so you're going to need to be cleansed again. So from the standpoint of being cleansed is this whole, it's being cleansed and unfortunately we get dirty and then we get cleansed and then we get dirty and all that stuff. But I'm not looking for cleansing, I'm looking for healing. I'm looking for healing. Because here's what's kind of interesting. What we try to do is we try to say, you know what, with my issue and my thing, it's all about my vertical relationship. It's all about as long as I'm just going to keep going to God and keep going to God and keep going to God. And me and God, we're going to work this thing out. All right, look at this, Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 10. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Hold on right there, okay? So basically what he's saying is like, look, you hold on to your relationship with God. You hold on to that. You hold on to that. Now, let me, let me just be completely transparent and honest here, okay? The, the reason why it's not just that is because you keep messing up. We keep messing up, right? How many times are you like, man, I really want to find victory. I really want to find healing. So you pray about it a little bit more. You read a little bit more Bible, and you're still in the same place. You still struggle. You still haven't found, what's that H word? Healing. You haven't found it, Okay. So there has to be, so like, okay, if it's just like me and God, me and God, me and God. Well, what it is is that it's not, I'm not saying that me and God is a bad thing, but it's an incomplete thing. You can be me and God, but if you miss the other part, you don't get healing. You're right with God, 
But in order to be, in order to, to find healing, to conquer this deal, you've got to, it's got to be something with other people. It says, let it hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Verse 24. And let us consider, what's that next two words? One another. Wait a second. I thought it was all about my relationship with God. But yet I'm supposed to consider one another to provoke, okay? That word provoke means to challenge, call to action unto love and to good works. Verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is that some people are doing, but exhorting means encouraging, exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Like, so there's this, 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 that we need to have this, okay, I've got this relationship with God. Yeah, like we're, we're working on this. Me and God are working on this, but we need, we need one another. We need one another in order to do this because here's what happens. I had a conversation with somebody. I had a conversation with somebody the other day. And, and you, can, you, can, you can like this, not like it. It doesn't matter to me. But there is this, this whole, this whole uh, idea in, in um, society now that you can, be a, you can be a Christian without going to church. Now, let me, let, me, let me talk about that for just a minute. Can you be a Christian without going to church? Absolutely you can. You can be a Christian without going to church because uh, your, your relationship with Christ is the most important thing. But here's the problem. Here's the problem is that what we we need to understand is you cannot be a growing, growing Christian without church. And I'm going to say church from the standpoint of let's look at this thing. Like you can say, I had somebody, man, I got to be transparent. I I had a conversation with somebody. I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church and I don't think I need it. Okay, fine. How are you assembling with somebody else? If you're not doing it in church, that's fine. I don't like it. I mean, I'm just, whatever. Like, I, I, just, I think it's like, hey, it's real, like Sunday morning. Let's do this, all that kind of stuff. There's a vehicle there. But you can, if you want to say, hey, you know what? I, I, I'm doing okay on my own. No, you're not. And if, you, and if you really are like, if you're really that mentality, I'm not trying to say it's a bad way, but then here's what you need to say. You know what? You know what? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want to go to church, okay? So you need to be assembling with some other believers for the point of encouragement. Now, let me help you with this. If you put, a, if you put several believers in a room together, what is that called? A church. Because a church is not a building. It's not an organization. Stand up, Tim, please. Stand up. Like, turn around, let him look. The church is what? Left the building because the church never was a building. It never was a building where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. Okay? If you get, a, if you get believers in the same room, guess what? Church. Church has happened. All right? And so this is the thing that I want to help you with is that we, it is not just a one way, hey, me and God, we're working on this. No, there's a me and God working on this, but I'm working with this with somebody else too. It has to be there. Now, some of you are like, oh, come on, Buchanan. Fine. Keep arguing with me. Here we go. (laughs) Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Here's what's funny. Like, you keep arguing with me, I'll just give you more Bibles. Does that that work? Ecclesiastes 4.9. Man, I love these verses. Two are better than what? One. Come on, say it like you mean it. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. Now, here's what's interesting in verse 10. For if they fall, if they make mistakes, if they sin, 
If they have issues, if they have problems, if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But what's that next word? Whoa. Whoa. Okay, and this is, this is not like Bill and Ted, whoa, okay? All right? So, whoa, like, man, this is bad. Woe to him that is what? Alone. When he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Let's wait just a second. Let's just be honest. Man, I love this. We've been talking about taking off masks and being real and open and all kinds of stuff. When we mess up, when we fall, I want somebody to pick me up. I want somebody to pick me up. But here's the problem. Nobody knows you've fallen. Nobody knows you've fallen. And so because, now here, and here's what, happen, here's what happens. We go, we fall and we're alone and we go, well, nobody cares about me because they didn't know you fell. They didn't know you fell. Hey, let me help you with this. There's somebody who probably wants to help you, but they don't know you've fallen. let's, Let's get real practical, okay? If somebody falls on the way out here, please help them up, okay? If you don't do that, you know what you look like? A horrible person. And if they're new to the place, they're probably not coming back, okay? But if somebody falls, if somebody falls, what's our natural reaction? To help them up. Come on. Come on. If you don't help them up, there's like, you need to work on that on some other level, okay? But if somebody falls, your natural reaction is to help them up. But the problem why we don't help people up, because we don't know they've actually fallen. Verse 11. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12. This is, this is really good right here. Verse 12. For if one prevail against him, two shall what? Withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Because here's my thing. Sometimes, sometimes when I've fallen or sometimes when, when, I, when, when, when I, I'm, I'm kind of being attacked, I don't feel like fighting anymore. Can I get a witness? I don't feel like fighting anymore. But you know if there's other people that know about what's going on in my life, you know what they'll do? They'll fight for me. I got people in my life right now, I got people in my life right now that, that it, it left to my own, I, I, could, I could stay in this place of defeat, I could stay in the mully grubs, I could keep telling myself how horrible and, and, and how everybody hates me and all that kind of stuff, and then I call people up and I say, hey, this is how I'm feeling, and what they do is they say, you know what, that's not who you are, that's, not what, that's a lie from Satan, that is not the truth, and you got this, you better get up, you better go, because God's got something for you. And I'm telling you, there are times in my life where I haven't felt like fighting. And I'm so thankful that somebody knew what was going on in my life so they could fight for me. I needed that. A, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This is really interesting. I was at the wedding I was at this past weekend. The wedding I was at this past weekend, they actually referenced this, um, this verse. Do you remember this? They referenced this verse, and they did like a little, like, like oh, isn't this really cute? They'll put it all together, and they, you know, we don't do unity candles anymore. we got to have like sand and stuff, whatever, okay? It's always something different. And I get that from the standpoint of marriage. I get that from the standpoint of marriage. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with this. Some of you ladies need some other ladies. Some of you men need some other men, Okay? 
And, and, and here's what's really interesting. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. If you're, if, you're a, a, if, if you're a one cord, you are easy to break. But the more cords, the more cords, the more cords, the more cords you put together, the harder it is to break. The harder it is to break. Now let's go back to James, James, James 5.16. James 5.16. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Now let me just say this real quick, all right? All right, it is a twofold deal. Okay? Because here's the problem what we have sometimes is we have people that, that, that you know what, they'll, they'll confess their problems to you and confess their faults to you and they'll give you a bunch of advice and opinion, but they won't pray for you. I'll tell you, this is the coolest thing in the world. This is the coolest thing in the world. I wish your husband was here right now because me and him have been talking about this kind of stuff. Um, the, some of, the, some of the, the, the guys that I'm, I'm in a, an accountability relationship with it's amazing, it's amazing how when we're kind of talking through things, advice, opinion, all that kind of stuff, it's going okay. But man, we insert scripture into that conversation. We insert prayer into that conversation. You know what happens? God like starts moving. I'm telling you, you can ask, you can ask people, you can ask Chicky, you can ask people like Jackson. Like when we start, when we start getting like talking about like different, different things and then we get, we get in the scripture, it's like, because here's the deal, it's, it's confess your faults and Pray one for another. Like, how many times? Oh, man, i got to get on this. i got to get on this. Here's the reason why we don't confess our faults. Because a lot of people receive faults. When somebody confesses their faults, you receive that as gossip. Now, why do I say gossip? Because you're taking it so you can just share it with somebody else. Now, I'm going to deal with that in just a little bit, okay? But if somebody is confessing something to you, here, here, here's your obligation. Your obligation is not necessary to fix them as much as you need to pray for them. You need to pray for them. It's amazing how, how, how your posture will change. I, I, it's, it's amazing how much you care. You look at somebody differently and care about somebody differently when you take the time to actually pray for them. It's different. It's different. You can say what you want to. It is different. But we say, and I'm going to confess your faults and pray for one another that ye may be healed. Now let's go on to, let's go on to this, okay? The second part, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Here's what's kind of interesting because we have this confession of faults one to another, and then he takes the second part of the verse and two more verses to explain how powerful prayer is. I've got to show you all this. I've got to show you this. I've got to show you this. This is my favorite verse in the Bible, by the way. Okay? But I, got it, I, got, I messed up with it. I messed up with it. Now, some of y'all can't see this. And probably the light is shining on you. It's like, ah, you're blinding me. Okay, all right. But this says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Okay, can you read that real quick, Tim, as loud as you can, just to make sure I'm not lying to anybody? The okay, and so this is in my office, okay? This is in my office. It's on, it's on the, my back area, my back area, whatever that's called, credenza. I don't know what furniture's called, all right? It's part of my desk, all right? But, but I put it there. And, and my wife, my wife had this made for me. Isn't that sweet? Say, aw. Aw. Oh, and she's sweet, okay? So she's got it made for me. But the problem was is that I was focusing so much on this part that I didn't realize how important this part of the verse was. Because it plays to how, how effective, the sec- what, what can happen when we do the second part, or excuse me, the first part effectively. When we confess our faults one to another and pray for one another, you may be healed. This is what can happen. The, and, and so the word the effectual, the, the word effectual means has an effect. Basically means it'll work. How many of y'all like doing things that work? Okay? All right? 
It says, it says the effectual fervent, that word fervent means boiling or hot, all right? Prayer of a righteous man. Now, some, some people take this out of context and say, well, I've got to be right with God in order to pray. Now, let me help you with this. If you got saved, you're right with God, okay? You say, you're in his righteousness, okay? So it means a saved man. Righteous man availeth, okay, or, or, or availeth much. I mean, things happen. Do you notice this? That like when, when, when the effectual, when we do, when we, the effectual fervent hot boiling prayer of a saved man, a righteous man, it availeth much. So when you think, well, the only thing I can do in this situation is pray. Let me help you with this. That's probably the strongest weapon you can have in this situation. Some people look at prayer and go, man, the only thing I can do is pray about it. That's the biggest thing you can do in a situation is pray about it. Pray, let me not just pray about it, pray for this person, right? And pray one for another. And I'm going to talk about that another in just a minute, okay? Elias, this is an interesting, he gives an example. Elias, or Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. Now that word like passions means that basically he was just like you and me. All right, if you want to study, the, study Elijah, Elijah is, is in a place where he's on the mountaintop. And he's like seeing God do crazy, awesome things and, and showing himself evident in real ways. And you can also look at the life of Elijah. And Elijah is by a brook being fed by ravens wanting to die. So we, we, look, at, we look at these people from the, you know, have you ever noticed this? i got to say this real quick. Have you ever noticed that every single major character in the Bible has a flaw? Amen. Every single one of them. Right? Okay. Let's, 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 look at, let's look at Moses. Moses like, I, I, I can't talk real well, and he's arguing with God and all this kind of stuff. David, we know his problems and issues. Elijah wants to die. You can go on and on and on and on and on. Every single person in the Bible has a flaw. The only biblical character that doesn't have a flaw is Jesus, but he's not really a character, right? Okay, he's God. All right, so <laughs> I love it. But he was a man subject to light passions as we are. Hey, look, here's, a, here's a good way to say this. Elijah had good days, and he had what? bad days he had good days and bad days because so many times here's what we'll do we won't pray for somebody because we're like well you know i don't i don't know i mean i'm uh, all right eliza was just a man okay now, let me help you with this your prayer to god is just as just as important as my prayer to god yeah, oh this is great because it's not about who's praying it's not about who's praying it's who we're praying to do you know why your prayer can be effective? Because who you're praying to, not the fact of who's praying the prayer. It's the fact that well, we're all praying to God. Can I get an amen? Oh, man, I'm excited. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly. That word, that word earnestly means serious, important, like with everything he had. That it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So here's the deal. Elijah prays, no rain. Three years, six months, no rain. Verse 18, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. So he prayed again, and now there's rain. Now let me help you with this. Who controls the rain? God does. There was nothing special about Elijah. There's nothing special about his prayer. He prays, and God answers. But, get, but the one who decided to answer is not Elijah, it's God. Now, let's get real with this, because some of you are still fighting back and forth with me about, Buchanan, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. God's Word, God's Word says 
Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be what? Healed. Well, I, I don't know if I want to do that, Buchanan. I don't know if I, I agree with that. I don't know if I like that. Confess my faults one to another and pray for one another that I might, might, that I might be healed. Like, I just don't know if I can do that. I, let me let's say it this way. I don't know if that will actually work. And I'm not willing to take a risk to see if it will. Look, look, this is great. A couple, week, a couple Wednesday nights ago, we looked at a section of Scripture in Genesis. I want to, I want to show you that section of Scripture. Because it's kind of interesting from the standpoint of, of can we take God at his word? And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, verse 9, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you, and with you, your seed after you. Verse 10, And with every living creature that is with you, and of the fowl, and of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. So just before we get to this whole thing, okay, so the, 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 there was a flood, and, and, and or, or Noah builds an ark, there's a flood, animals go in, worldwide flood, here they are, now. they're now coming out of the ark, and, here's, and God is talking to them and telling them what's going to happen, verse, verse 11, this is after the flood, and I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall be any more by flood, any more be a flood to destroy the earth. Is that the last one I got right on that one? Okay, all right. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. Neither all shall all flesh be cut off any more, any more, any more, any more, any more, any more. Now, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, we had we had a threat of severe storms. Okay? And it rained a little bit on Wednesday night. That's what we got. We got rain. <laughs> was anybody in here worried that a worldwide flood was about to happen again? Okay, some of you are like, no, because I don't even think about that anymore. Okay? Now, probably not in your mind you weren't thinking that, but here's the reason why you can, you can, you can guarantee that on Wednesday there was not going to be another worldwide flood because God said there wouldn't be. God made a promise, okay? And let me help you with this. If God makes a promise, he will keep it. Can I get an amen? He made a promise. He said, I'm not going to do it again. So every time it rains, don't go freaking out thinking it's the next worldwide flood, okay? Now, the earth will eventually be stored by fire, but no more water things, okay? All right? But, like, and the reason why I'm keeping this light, because I know it's heavy right now on everybody. I know it's heavy, but God said that. God said there would not be a worldwide flood, and so there will never be a worldwide flood because God said so. Let's look at this verse, Titus. Titus, let's, let's go a little bit, so just so we're, we're more direct with what we're saying. Titus 1, 2, in hope of eternal life, which God, so we're about to talk about something about God, a, a trait of God, so we understand which God that cannot, what? Lie. Promised, that word promised, promised before the world began, in hope of eternal life, which God cannot lie. I love that, I love that phrasing in there. He doesn't have the ability to lie. He does not have the ability to lie. So if God says it, it must be what? True. Let's look at one more verse. Look at one more verse. It says, sanctify them. That word sanctify means make holy. Sanctify them. Through thy word, thy truth, excuse me, thy what is? 
word is what? Truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy what? Word is what? Truth. What you hold in your hand is God's word. And if God's word, if God's word's in there, that must mean, what's that word? It starts with a T. That must mean it's what? True. It's true. Now, let's get a little real now. Okay? Because here's, here's, here's going to be the pushback and what, what's going on here and what we're talking about. The pushback, now, and, and the reason why I want to establish that, because you cannot argue with James 5.16. You can't. Okay? You may not like it, you may not want to do it, but you can't argue with it because it's true. <laughs> Let me help you with this. If, 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 God, if God's word says this is how we need to do it, to find healing, the only way we're going to find healing is by doing it this way. And here's what I'm going to, here's, here's going to be the pushback. Buchanan, I don't know if I can trust anybody. I don't know if I can trust anybody. Because Buchanan, if I, if, I, if, I, if I put it out there, if I say, you know, I, I, I'm dealing with this, like, like what are they going to think? What are they going to see? What are they going to say? What are they going to, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, but here's the thing is that we need to understand that, that we're going to have to take a risk. I told you I was going to go back to this. Confess your faults one to what? Another. You know how it works? You know how it works when you call up somebody on the phone or you have lunch with somebody or you, uh, I, don't, I would not do it via text message. I hate text message, by the way. Okay? I, I don't like social media. Now I don't like text messaging. I don't know what it is. I'm becoming an old man. There you go. All right? So, but don't, we, don't need to, we, we don't need to be confessing falls via text message. All right? We don't need to be Facebook messaging people. We need to pick up the phone or we need to, but, but here's the deal is confess your faults one to another. You've got to be willing to be open and honest. You got you got you got to stay and I'm telling you and y'all can y'all can look at me weird all you want to but I'm telling you there are things in my own life personally that I've struggled with for years and have not finally found victory until I confessed it to somebody else. Amen. And so we we have this whole thing like like I don't know if I can trust anybody. You're going to you're going to have to take a chance. You're going to have to put yourself out there a little bit, okay? Now, here's here this is great. Well, how do I know who I can trust? Who do you trust would actually pray for you? That's a good place to start, don't you think? And this is sad to say, but there's some people I trust would pray for me, and some people I don't. Some people I think would take it as, hey, thanks for the information, Buchanan, but they wouldn't truly pray for me. But there are people, and I'm telling you, there are people that have come to me, and, and I take it seriously when they come to me and tell me stuff, because they know I'm going to pray for them. All right? But that's a good place to start. Now, that's on that side. Now you're going to like, well, I don't know if I can trust anybody. Now, the one another thing is you've got to be willing to be open. Now, on the person on the receiving end, you need to keep that to yourself. It says confess your faults one to another, not confess somebody else's fault. Come on now, right? Okay? Because let's just call what it is. That's gossip. When you take somebody's issue and you go tell somebody else, that's gossip. Okay? I, I, I talked to somebody this week, and they said, well, you know, whenever we're going to talk about things, if you, you tell your wife that's fine, I said, I, I need to tell my wife my deals. I'm not telling my wife your deals. Does that make sense? Okay? Like, I'm gonna, my wife needs to know what's going on in my life and my issues and my problems and all that kind of stuff, but that don't mean that she needs to know his problem or his problem or his problem. That's between me and him. Okay? 
So that's the one thing. Keep it. But here's another deal. Is as much <laughs> you're on the receiving end, guess what? They've been vulnerable with you. Guess what? You need to now be vulnerable with them. Now, this is a funny way to say that. Now you got dirt on each other. Okay? <laughs> that's a funny way to say it. But in reality, let's think about this. If they're, if, they're, if they're willing to trust me enough to tell me what's going on in their life, what's really going on in their life, okay? And I trust them enough to then tell them what's really going on in my life. Now we have built mutual trust, okay? Now, let's talk about this too. Because um, we're going to deal with this. If I tell somebody what I'm really dealing with, what if they think badly of me? What if they think different of me? Here's the deal. I can't control how people think about you. Now, here's what's really cool about this. The only person who you should care about who thinks about you and what they think about you is who? God. God. I was having a conversation this week. I was having this conversation this week. Because here's what happens is either we put shame on ourselves or we allow other people to project shame onto us. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, and I'm, 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 bonus verse, bonus verse, bonus, <laughs> bonus verse. And I've, I've said this before, and I, and I said this, we were talking about this in DMD. Romans 10, Romans 10, Romans 10, 10, 11, okay? For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Whosoever believes on him should not be ashamed. And what we do is we sometimes take this verse and we go, you know what? What that means is you need to tell everybody about that you put your faith and trust in Jesus. That is not exactly what this verse is talking about. That, what that verse is talking about, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, guess what? Jesus takes care of your sin, but he also takes care of the guilt. He also takes care of the shame. Amen. All right? So from the standpoint of the only person that can really put shame on you is God. And what he says when you put your faith and trust in him, he takes all the shame and guilt away. So, so l- l- let me help you this. The shame and guilt you're putting on yourself or the shame and guilt you're letting somebody else put on you, do not allow the other, somebody else or even yourself to determine your identity in Christ. Oh my gosh, y'all missed that one. Okay, <laughs> all right. Do not, let, do not let the opinion of yourself or the opinion of somebody else determine your identity in Christ. It's who you are in Christ that matters. Not what somebody else thinks about you. Now, if somebody thinks bad about you, oh my gosh, here's the deal. It's worth the risk. Amen. It's worth the risk. And here, why do you say that? Why, Buchanan, why do you say it's worth the risk? From personal experience, from personal experience, I'm going to tell you, it is worth the risk. Because the confession part wasn't, now by, by the way, the word confession means to own it, to acknowledge it, Okay. The confession part was not about the other person hearing. It's about me me opening and telling and saying, hey, this is who I truly am. And you can say what you want to, but there is a tremendous weight that will come off your, off your shoulders. Because let's be honest, let's be honest, you're still dealing with that thing, you're still dealing with your struggles, you're still dealing with your sin, you're still dealing with your strongholds, you're still dealing with your issues, and here's the deal, you keep carrying the weight around and you're wondering why you can't get any momentum because here's the deal when you confess it when you confess it i promise you just the here's the deal this is what's so cool you can confess it and nobody ever pray for you and still get help you will still get help in that but we got to be willing to be open and tell now last thing 
and we'll be done. Here's, the, here's, here's, here's really what it comes down to. and what, This is where the, 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 the decision you're going to have to make today. All right? Now, I've got a couple different questions for you, but you're going to have to make a decision. What's more important, your pride or your healing? Your pride or your healing? Because if you don't tell anybody... If you keep keeping it up, like you got this, I got this all together, Buchanan. You just want, you wonder how awesome I am? Just ask me, okay? That ain't working. And here's what's funny. You're, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't even say this, okay? As much as you think you're awesome, like we know you're not. <laughs> and I'm not trying to say it in an ugly way. We know you've got problems and issues. You know why? You know why we know you have problems and issues? Why? Because we have them. And so you got to make a decision. Is it going to be about your pride or is it going to be about healing? And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you guys, man, I'm being tra- as, as, as transparent and open as I can be right here, is for a long time, for a long time, I picked the pride first. I'll say this. I've got to say this. There are some people right now in this room that know they have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but, but they don't want people to think that they don't know Jesus, and they don't want to think that they've been living a lie, so they're going to let pride send them straight to hell. I'm sorry, guys. You know what? Here's the one thing about getting older. you got to learn to swallow that thing. Amen. Swallow your pride. Say you've got problems and issues. I, I, and my thing is, I don't want to wait for all these years to live in defeat and to continue to, to, to not make a headway and not get in a place where I'm getting rid of these issues. I, at this point in my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say, so long, pride, I need a little bit of healing. I need a lot of healing. So here's a question. Here's a question, then we'll, be, we'll, get, we'll get into our invitation. One, will you believe God? We've got to bring this back, because this is not about me, okay? This is not about me. It's about, do you believe God? Now, here's, 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 here's the big question. Do you believe God, to, God enough to actually do it? Best quote I've ever heard about the Bible. Do you know how much the Bible you believe? As much of the Bible that you do. Because if there's things in the Bible that you don't do, don't say you believe God, because you don't. You don't believe God, because you, if you had complete faith in God, everything he laid out in his word, you would do, because you believe God. And then finally, last thing, last thing. Are you going to take the steps necessary in order to find healing, or will you just continue to be in a place where you're in constant hiding? I don't know about you, and maybe maybe this is just maybe this is only for a few, maybe it's just for me, whatever. But I'm tired of being in hiding. I need some healing. I need some healing. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Let's everybody, let's everybody stay.